Welcome back to the River Valley Podcast. My name is Kirk, and I'm here with Logan. Not actually Hello. in person. Nope. Uh, Logan, where are you? I am in a hotel room in Alaska because we what? are up here doing a generosity accelerator for pastors from all around the last frontier of Alaska. And it's my first time here in Alaska, and I'm really excited to be here. We have a good group of pastors that are going to be there. And it's it's awesome to be able to do ministry and still still chat with you from it there's, feels like around the world, but in the same hey, there's country. churches up in Alaska. <laughs> there are. That's there are awesome, that. man. They're worshiping Jesus. Yeah. Also, you said Last Frontier, which was at one point my favorite show. I don't know if it was Discovery Channel or National Geographic or History, one of those channels, uh, but about a family up in Alaska, which somebody in our congregation grew up with those people in Homer, Alaska. Uh, they go to Egan campus, so wow, it's all connected. Also, have you seen a moose? Uh, there was one actually, not on the runway, no. but it was right off, like by the fence. I haven't seen one close up, but there's moose crossing signs everywhere, so I think we'll be able to see one. Um, they said that someone was saying that um, since July, there's been over a hundred and like forty accidents related. To, to moose. What? Since July. Like just that's in like Alaska? six or seven weeks. Yeah, just in Alaska. It's so, like a real problem. It is. No, for real. And then they were talking about how there's actually a nonprofit or multiple nonprofits that go and, and do moose harvesting when the moose gets hit by a car. They'll actually go and because let's say a little bit of it's mangled and dirty. There's still like 800 pounds of this moose that's usable that can be used to feed people and use their organs and all. Like, so oh it's my! Like, it's gosh. like you have like like a donor. Like, think about your donor on your driver's license. There's like a moose donor program to help feed people all around Alaska. What? It's. Uh, it reminds me of a, a joke by one of my favorite clean comedians, Nate Bargatze. Uh, he's got a, ho a horse joke and yes. talked about a horse that dies. And he's like, you never really think about that when you buy a horse, it dying. And you've got, you got to figure out a way to like clean up this dead horse. And same with a moose, dude. Moose are ginormous. And I feel like it's a, like a mythical creature that you don't see all the time. And that, that's why I was asking. It's like, that would be my goal. If I went to Alaska, I'm trying to see moose. But I yeah. didn't know they were causing problems like that. And oh, I yeah. also didn't know that, you know, how much does a moose weigh? Let's get that. Let's track I thought that it was, right now. We looked it up last night. I thought it was like 1,000 or 1,500 pounds. But let's get the accurate number. Yeah, we're talking but, a male moose is between 840. A bull moose, right? Yep, yep. Bull moose, 840 to 1,500 pounds. A female moose could be, and do they call that a cow? Uh, 440 pounds to 1,100 pounds. It's just a massive animal. We'll get this. Nate Bargatze's in Alaska next week. What? I missed him by a week. Doing a little show in uh, Anchorage? The fair. The, state, the Alaska State Fair. I know that this is a church podcast, but I would encourage <laughs> anybody to listen to any one of Nate Bargatze's specials if you need a good laugh, which you probably do. Uh, laughter is good medicine. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's 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 crazy. What's well, funny? So, okay, we we were we're in this series too far from the farm, right? And we need to do a series called Too Far from the Wild. 
Well, that's that's what I was saying yesterday. It's next is, level, it's, man. It's not just too far from the farm, although I love, again, the series. And my dad was joking last night. He goes, well, you, you don't want to change the name of the series. Like, you can't. No, like, no, we're no. in a series right now. But I think the point of it is there's all these lessons and just things that we can learn about God in nature. Obviously, the farm is one of them, but I think the farm is symbolic of nature and and it's funny in i'm in anchorage right now and it's like the city and it's like okay it's fine you know but people are saying well no you don't live in alaska to live in a city so the places you actually want to be is out remote so you drive a little bit further out and there's these houses up on the mountain and like it's you want to be remote and so it's just so interesting to where here here in alaska we're in this series of too far from the farm and then we're driving around in these, you know, remote places yeah. and seeing seeing pastors from some of the farthest places that are ministering to tribes and ministering to, you know, there's still unreached people that don't have scripture translated in their language in Alaska. Like I just what? found that out yesterday. There's hmm. unreached people groups in Alaska that don't have scripture in their language. And like that's in our country, right? I think hey, a lot we of people. Send, we we got to send some 500 missionaries there. Come on. Let's go, dude. Who's moving to Alaska? Come on. As you're driving to work right now, ask the Holy Spirit, am I moving to Alaska? <laughs> <laughs> we do have some people from our online campus that we're getting a uh, meeting oh, up Winston. tonight. Yeah. yeah, great. So, And there's others as well that have started to watch online that we're getting connected with, with that live in different parts of, of the state. So anyways, it's awesome to see. And I love the series Too Far From The Farm. I loved Rory's interview this weekend, there yep. were so many aha moments that were amazing. What what stuck out to you? Well, just just brainstorming real quick, and we'll jump into that. I, dude, we could do too far from the wild. We could do too far from Israel and talk about the Bible lands. We could do too far from the family and talk about biblical and nuclear family. I think I think we we could take this on the road, man. <laughs> too far from. If you've got it. more ideas, we'd love to hear your, your thoughts about things that we could talk about in church uh, in the future. But this week, Too Far From The Farm was awesome. I, I heard a couple comments from people in our church like, okay, what are we doing here? Like, I want to come to the church and talk about the Bible. I don't want to get all gimmicky. But then they, they listened to the message and watched that video. And minds were blown. Just like, I, I actually, I watched that video for the first time with Pastor Robin Rory on their on that farm and i told the creative team i was emotional the whole time and i think that there's something there is something deep within each of us that because we were made to be in god's creation yet we live in these concrete boxes uh that are man-made you know whether it's whether it's our houses that are man-made which can be can be nice and beautiful or people sit in cubicles or in these, you know, big sky rise, uh, buildings, skyscraper buildings. Um, you know, we, we, we are the ones that, what did Rory say? He said, we're the ones that left creation. Mm. We're the ones running from it. Uh, the way that we build our lives, like we're in these buildings away from the weather and from nature and creation and animals and all that is, uh, self, self-sustaining lifestyle. And now we rely on the commercialism and the industrialism, uh, to meet all of our needs. We, we ran from it. And 
you know, I'm not, I'm not a farmer. I don't live on a farm. My grandpa was a pig farmer. And side note, my other grandpa was a principal up in Alaska for a few years. And so, um, there, there's like these, you know, two generations away from me that one grandpa lived out in the wild in Alaska and another grandpa was a pig farmer. And I couldn't, I don't know if I could survive out in the wild. There's that old that that book Into the Wild about a guy that goes to Alaska and ends up dying. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but but then but then also I don't know the first thing about farming. Um, and so I'm I'm for sure too far from wild, based on you know my grandparents and too far from the farm as well. So there's something like I don't know. It's like being pulled out of me. Of man, I I'm aching to be closer to God's creation, aching to be closer to, uh, in, in being closer to his creation, I'm, I, I'm being closer to him. And so I, I was deeply impacted by the message this week and don't feel like it was gimmicky at all. I feel like it, how are we supposed to fully digest as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs after you when we can just turn on our faucet and, by the way, get hot water or, or cold water? Um, we are so far from what it means to be desperate for a drink of water like an animal would be in looking for a freshwater brook or stream or creek. Um we don't really, we don't fully grasp that scripture. And this this coming weekend, we're going to talk in continuing the series. We're going to talk about life is in the blood, and and do we really understand like the fact that we have life today? Something had to die, you know. And I get it if you're a vegetarian, uh, you know, something had to die in regards to a plant. But um, you know, most of us are still eating meat. I for sure am. Something had to die so that I can have life. And spiritually speaking, Jesus died. He shed his blood so that we could have salvation and so we could have life. And so I don't know if we fully understand that unless you've lived on a farm and had to butcher a chicken or put down uh, an animal. It, it's a sobering thing. It's, it's also an awe-inspiring thing that, wow, something had to give it up its life so that I can have life. And we are way far from that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, Rory mentioned that with the seed, right? The seed has to die in order to reproduce. And I, I don't know. I, th I think it's, it's, a, it's a weird place to be. Anna asked this question that I think relates so well to this. Is living on a farm and in nature a more godly way to live? Is that what God desires for all of us? And you know, I, I think it's an interesting question because, you know, we talk about nature, we talk about um, the creation of God, and, and I don't think necessarily it is, but I think to your point that us being connected with God is his desire. Yeah. And so I think there are far more things in urban and suburban areas that are distracting towards us that take us away from that relationship and that that really are our, our almost a conversation. Like if you're walking through nature, just by walking through, you're almost having a conversation with God of his creation. You know, sitting in this hotel room that I'm in or in the office that you're in or wherever, it doesn't mean we can't do that by any means. Of course, right. you can be in the prayer closet, all the all of that. 
But there is something to be said about the artistry and the creation and the beauty that God has that when we're when we spend time in it, and that's where Rory said, like, you don't necessarily have to live on a farm, but do experience God in nature. Why? Because that's his natural creation. Yep. And so again, it, it doesn't mean that God can't speak through the architecture of and ideas of man and through, you know, sitting on a couch or sitting in a chair or driving in a car that was made by man. It doesn't mean that can't give glory to God because he gave us the wisdom and the intellect to make those things and the creativity to design. But yep. but in the same way, when you stand and looking at a mountain or at a lake or you know, you go to the ocean or you're in a forest and you're breathing in the, the air and there's a calm and you hear the birds chirping and maybe you hear another animal or there's there's peace and tranquility. Again, those are that's the Psalms, right? We were just reading it um Oh yeah. On on Tuesday, Psalm one oh four. I was like, that could be the theme chapter for Too Far From the Farm. I saw Kaylee posted that as well. It's like that whole chapter is all about how God works. What The, the thing I wrote down in, in Soap that, that stuck out to me is it said, the lion relies on God for their food, right? Yep. We don't usually think about that. Well, God ordained the entire ecosystem. God created it so that it works together. But even the lion relies on God for their food. Why? Because if he doesn't put prey in there in front of them, they're not going to eat, you know? Yep. And so I just think that there's a lot of lessons to be learned. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're a, a better believer. Again, you can dig into his word and his study and your in your prayer time and your devotion and your time with your family and your kids. But don't forsake the time out in his creation that was natural to us to to be experienced. Yeah, that's so good. I I have this thought uh, every once in a while, and for sure during this series, I've been thinking about it. Is and it makes so much logical sense, and it's super basic. But you just don't really think about it. That you know, look at the trees. You know, especially if if you're listening right now and you can see a tree outside. Like, look at the trees. They are ancestors of the very first trees that were ever created. Like that's, it's insane. And part of the message this week was uh, creation and nature and, uh, you know, being on, being on the farm and dealing with animals and all that, um, planting gardens. It causes you, forces you to think generationally. And Pastor Rob gave the example of holding your grandson, but forces you to think generationally. When you look at a tree it's natural for me to just think like, dude, where did these come from? Like God created the great, 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 great grandparents of those trees and now transfer that to people. We're all here because of the very first humans ever created in Adam and Eve. Um, and, and then through the flood and Noah and his family, it's just, that's mind blowing to think that every single one of us, like it, creation is a, it, it's a generational thing. And just as a, as, as a side note, like when God creates it, it like continues to create, like it's continuing to multiply the first words that he spoke to create that is still reverberating here on earth and around the universe that, that generation after generation after generation, uh, God is still creating. It's just amazing to think generationally that way and then and then separately like being too too far from the farm and maybe we'll get into it this weekend in in regards to 
talking about life is in the blood. But it's just wild to think that, you know, many people that are listening right now, they're going to go, they're going to have dinner. You know, we're all going to have dinner. Many of us are going to eat chicken or beef or some type of meat. But, but many people would never think about butchering that animal. I mean, just even the thought is like people want to turn off the podcast right now, you know. But, and I'm not saying everybody has to, but it's just, you don't, when you're eating that, you, you're not connecting the dots that, man, this, this was an animal that gave up its life so that I can be sustained. And it's just, I'll it tell is you, wild. Yes, you go ahead. Yesterday, I did have that thought because I had for the first time yak. I had what? a yak burger. There's like a burger with yak meat. Is and this then an Alaskan had, thing? Yeah, I had reindeer sausage. I ate see, reindeer see, yesterday, dude. This is the content we're looking for here. This is <laughs> like I, you ate I, Rudolph. I, I'm telling you, bro. It, that changed that that affected me. I it took it took me a minute to process what I just did. <laughs> dude, that is a uh, kid's nightmare, man. Eating reindeer. You can't eat. I, that's got to be against the law up there. No, it was, I mean, it was, it was good. It was this. There's a city in Alaska called North Pole, Alaska. Yeah. And it's got to be against the law to eat reindeer in North Pole, Alaska. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I, I think that's a common deal. It's I, just I what mean, they do. Yeah, it was yak, reindeer, halibut, and um, we had clams. I mean, it, the, the whole diet, my, I, I'm, my mind's blown right now. Yeah, your body is reeling right now. <laughs> <laughs> Digestive system is like, what is happening? But it, but it did make me think. It made me think about, man, a, this yak had to give its life so that I could live. Oh, like, yeah. Not, not for my atonement of sin, but for my nourishment. Hey, Pastor Rob said, you know, he wants some help on, on a potential sermon on manure in your life that brings fruit. Uh, you know, because it's fertilizer. So my suggestion for a title is "Don't Step in It." So that's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you have ideas, but I'm no just kidding. It, this weekend was impactful. I saw I saw a 12 uh, year old kid. I won't say his name, although I love him and his family. Uh, he took about 12 packets of watermelon seeds on his way out of service. So <laughs> he's gonna have a whole watermelon patch next summer. But I love that little add-on too. It's like come to church and we're talking about too far from a farm and you leave with this little packet of seeds and hopefully people plant you. Hopefully people are planting gardens next summer. And it's not even a joke. It's like hopefully people plant gardens next summer and think more about God and yeah. are closer to his creation. Like hopefully this, this series really makes an impact on people that it helps people breathe deeper. It helps them be more aware of God throughout their day. Um, and we haven't even touched the fact that we're living in a cultural world right now that is, is on the fast track, um, to even getting rid of farms traditionally. And, you know, there's, there's a whole wave right now that, you know, eventually we're going to all be eating bugs and that's, it's a little conspiracy, but I'm just saying we're living in a world that's pulling us away from creation and God, no doubt, but that's for another time. <laughs> a couple questions here that we can get to. Um, we, we may touch on this a little bit more next weekend or this coming weekend about the life is in the blood. 
Um, but this question says, what happens to all the Jewish people that have already passed away? So there sounds to me like they're thinking about, you know, Jesus came, he sacrificed his life, we receive salvation and reconciliation to the Father through the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross. But what about all the people that lived before? What about all the people in the Old Testament that didn't have that opportunity because Jesus hadn't yet come? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, deep theology, and I'll do my best to to answer it. And Logan, you can help me as well. Um, it's it's first understanding like the arc of the gospel, which is Adam and Eve were created in the garden and things were perfect. Um, in fact, if they hadn't eaten of the fruit and they hadn't sinned, um, you know, we were made to live forever in relationship with God. So it was on earth as it is in heaven at the beginning in the Garden of Eden. The problem is sin showed up, which uh, ruined our relationship with God, uh, separated us from him, and there was a penalty. The penalty was death. Uh, the Bible teaches the wages of sin is death. What we earn because of our sin is death. And, you know, body, soul, spirit, that's who we are as humans. Um, you know, our soul and spirit is, as a consequence of sin, separated from our body. That's called death. Um, but there is still an eternity and eternity in heaven and hell. So we could have a long conversation about how before Christ people viewed what is heaven and what is hell. Uh, but I'll, I'll save that for another time just to say... God, from the moment Adam and Eve sinned, God knew it was going to happen and had a plan for salvation and redemption through his son Jesus. And that's why there was the people of God who were the Hebrews and the Israelites. And God was protecting that specific bloodline from Adam all the way to Jesus through the mother of Mary. Uh, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, the bloodline from Adam all the way to Jesus, because one man sinned, one man was perfect and became a sacrifice to pay for Adam's sin, Eve's sin, and the sin of all humanity. Jesus paid for that on the cross. So the question is, what happened in between Adam and Jesus to the people of God? So um, God set up what is the law, and before that, you could read in Hebrews about Abraham who had faith. So, um, you know, I won't answer all the questions about Abraham or Abraham's bo bosom or uh, Sheol. But I will say God set up what was the law and there was a way to atone for your sin through the sacrifice of animals, which that that's, that's what we're going to talk about this weekend. Um, that God made a way through the law um, and it was it was. It was grace-filled, but also there was a lot more works to be done because you actually had to bring your animal to the temple and sacrifice your animal for the forgiveness of your sin. And everybody fell short of what was the law. So nobody could live up to it. It was a heavy burden. Uh, but Jesus said, you know, take on my yoke. It, it's light. You know, take on my burden. It's light. It's easy. Um, and thank God for Jesus. But everybody fell short, so they had the Day of Atonement that the high priest would go in and make a sacrifice that would be this covering. And so that's where grace is involved because everybody fell short, uh, but there was this covering. And so um, I don't know if I'm answering that the right way, but we do believe that um, 
Old Testament characters that we see in the Bible and the people of God, they had a way to redemption and ultimately salvation to be in heaven for all eternity. So it's not just at the moment Jesus dies and uh, comes back to life that now people can go to heaven, everybody else is in hell. God made a way where there was no way. Uh, and at first it was through the law and through the high priest and the atoning blood of a, a spot, spotless lamb. And now it's through the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, Jesus Christ, uh, that we have salvation in him. Thank God for Jesus. How'd I do, Logan? Good. Fill in any gaps. No, I, I, I think it's great. I think that the, the reminder that people have as Christians is that the threat of the Old Testament is a sign that points directly at Jesus. And so the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice, the atonement is what you talked about, coincided with repentance. Yeah. The theme of the Old Testament is that the people of Israel constantly disobey, constantly walk away from God, and then need to repent, come back through the things you're talking about in order to have relationship with God once again. It is a similar, not the same, but a similar thing to Christianity to where we re repentance is a prerequisite towards atonement because the acknowledgement of our sin, not, not the, it's not a prerequisite in the sense that Jesus wouldn't do it. You know, they, New Testament talks about that for while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yep. It isn't Jesus saying, if you repent, then I'll die for your sins. It's actually the opposite. It's he died for our sins, but in order to receive that, truly in, to receive the gift of salvation, that's not this this grace of of you know oh I'm just going to take advantage of it. We you need to see repentance. Now there's repentance of the heart. There's repentance yeah. of of life uh, of of the actual things you're doing in your our life. Actions, so again, yeah. it's not our it's not a works based salvation like some talk about, but. The, the purpose of this is that we, we don't want to approach God and say, hey, can I get my get-out-of-jail-free card? The yep. purpose of the sacrifice in the Old Testament was to say you are doing something in order to prove your repentance in a way, but it's symbolic of this sacrifice that would be made. Now, Jesus has already done that for us, so we don't need to do anything in order yep. to receive that. But us accepting Jesus Christ, that's like the sinner's prayer that sometimes people get confused. Well, if I say the sinner's prayer, am I going to get saved? Well, no, the sinner's prayer is just that. It's a symbol of yeah. your repentance and your acknowledgement of that Jesus is Lord, right? It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is saved or that Jesus is Savior, you know, and then we turn from our sin as well. And yeah. so... We have to follow after him. So again, I don't want to. I don't want people to be mis misinterpret me that it's not. It's not something that we have to do in order to receive the gift, but it's the response in which the way we receive this gift is. You can't receive the gift without also acknowledging your own sin and turning away from it. Because again, if you just continue in the same sin, are you really accepting that gift and acknowledging Jesus as Savior? So again, that kind of is a a full yep. circle. Like think yep. about the. The scripture is one, one arc. We believe that from Genesis to Revelation, it all talks to, to each other about pointing to Jesus. Jesus died for all humanity, 
And so the sins of all humanity have been paid for. Right. You need to apply that to your account. So we all owe a sin debt, and no matter how hard we try, we could never get out of, day, uh, out of debt, even if we're using a Dave Ramsey plan. You can't get out of the sin debt. And so there's a gift waiting for you that needs to be applied to your account. Now, the only way to receive the gift or to apply it to your account, what you're saying, Logan, is by the genuine belief in your heart and there are words to salvation. So we believe that, the confession of your mouth. So I'm going to say out loud with my mouth what I do genuinely believe in my heart, which is then going to be lived out. Faith without works is dead. So it what I believe in my heart is going to be lived out with how I live. doesn't mean I'm perfect. It means I'm walking towards the things of Christ and Christ himself. Right. Great uh, question. It's, it's good. And it's a, it's a long answer and it's a complicated one, you know, but I think the simplicity of it is right. Jesus died for everyone. We all can receive that gift. Yeah. If we acknowledge Jesus, as our Lord and savior and, and, following his ways. Again, the sinner on the cross did it at the very end of his life and others do it at the very beginning, but it's an opportunity for, for all of us. A couple more questions here and then we'll end in prayer and a song as always. Um, Jeremy asks, what ways can someone, me, become a leader in the church without being a pastor? Yeah, awesome. Uh, I happen to know Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Frost, love him so much. And uh, Jeremy, if you're listening, you are a leader in our church. Um, but I think what you're asking is, you know, is there, is there, are there different ways to have more involvement and more leadership within the church? And this should hopefully edify everybody li listening. This should build you up that, uh, we just don't believe that the pastors on staff are the ones that should carry the weight of all of the ministry. In fact, a lot of ministry is, uh, and a lot of pastoring is equipping the saints, which is the congregation, to do the work of the ministry. And so um, it is a goal. It's an actual goal of ours to see more people in our congregation be discipled in a way that they realize that there's leadership on their life. Um, but what does that leadership look like? Um, it, it can feel basic if you've been a part of the church for a long time, but it's really profound as you take these steps for the first time. And that that looks like, um, you know, our our actually Pastor Connor would be pumped about this conversation in regards to discipleship pathway. We'd love to see every person at River Valley uh, first and foremost um, fill out a connect card, and so, so that we actually know know you. Um, we, we would love for you to be connect. Like we need to know who you are if we can help you in the discipleship path. The, the next step beyond that is to actually go through Welcome Home. So every campus offers this group called Welcome Home every single month to learn the mission, vision, and values of our church and to see how God has wired and gifted you to participate in building his church. Um, and so Welcome Home is a huge thing. We want every person to go through that. From there, you're going to learn in Welcome Home about uh, teams and groups. So it's kind of these two pathways of more involvement to participate, not yet even as a leader, although that could be a next step, but even just to participate in serving in any one of our teams on the weekends. Obviously, we run services every week, and we want the congregation involved in serving, whether it's in kids or ushering or greeting or cafe or the worship team, production team, all these different teams and ways to use your gifts. 
in the house of God, there's leadership opportunity within those teams. So if you're on security or you're a greeter or whatever it is, you can become a leader, and I would encourage you to connect with your connections pastor, your associate campus pastor, or your campus pastor, or the different areas of ministry, whether you're a youth leader or a kids leader, to connect with those pastors and actually say, I, I would love to become a leader. What do you recommend me to do as next steps in my discipleship journey to become a leader? So that's, that's a pathway for teams in the area of groups is one, to participate in groups. I'd always encourage uh, our core groups as a start. And so we have fall core groups and we have winter core groups that launch in January. And you can be a part of Alpha, Freedom, Explore, or Empower. So I don't need to do a commercial about those. Uh, but just, again, we, we, they're launching just in a few weeks. And so would encourage you, if you've not done, we'd love for every person a part of our church over the course of their time in our church to, to go through Alpha, Freedom, Explore, and Empower. And from there, you can be a table leader. So I know Jeremy asking the question. He's been a table leader. And so what what's the next step? Um, I would say outside of the core groups is small groups. So not just participating in small groups, but becoming a leader in small groups. Um, from there, just fast forwarding the answer saying, you know, God calls some people to then intern uh, to actually give more hours of their week to participate in the day in and day out ministry of the church. And so how do we actually move forward ministry? How do we launch new seasons? How do we multiply small groups? How do we identify new leaders? Um, and so there's a layer of leadership that is beyond what we call a leader and we call it a coach. And so that's somebody that helps oversee the entire usher team, the entire uh, greeter team and every serve team that we have. A coach on the group side is somebody that oversees multiple small groups. And so um, there's many examples that I have of people that are amazing, a part of our church, that they work in the marketplace, but they started leading a small group. That small group grew, and then it multiplied into two groups, multiplied into 12 groups and beyond. And we've got leaders in our church that really have an influence and leadership voice over a dozen groups or more. Um, Brad and Michelle McCoy are heroes and examples of that. Um, there's also a layer of leadership that we call deacons. And so that's something out of relationship with the campus pastor um, and that growing relationship and spiritual maturity that these are pillars in our church to help provide a little bit of a spiritual covering and prayer for our staff because um, there's difficult seasons in ministry and I love our deacons praying for our staff, but then also those deacons believing God for greater things at each campus um, that maybe get a little bit of insider track on how the campus is doing What's the health level of the campus? How can we be praying? How can we participate? How can we be helping grow our campus? And so I thank God for all of our deacons as well. That's a long-winded answer, uh, but I would take it pastorally case by case. So if I was sitting with Jeremy or if I was sitting with you who's listening to this podcast, I would ask some of those questions. What are the things that you've participated in and what has God put on your heart to do I want to help facilitate um, and come alongside of you to get to that level of leadership. Um, and I believe that there's many, many people listening that you've not fully stepped into what is on your life in the area of leadership in our church. And we want to help you get there and we will celebrate that. That's great. 
One one final thing to add before we get to prayer. I think that all, everything you said is is the um, awesome next steps for people. What I think sometimes people miss in the midst of it is it's not just to be a le- leader in the church so that they can be a leader within the church. I think the best way to become a leader within the church is you start bringing your friends who don't know Jesus to church. Because then all of a sudden, you're going to start paying more attention to what's happening. You're going to start paying attention to the things that go on in service. And I think sometimes people want to become a leader, and I I don't think this is what Jeremy's saying, but I think that some people want to become a leader for the clout or the recognition that they get. Whereas, Kirk, you and I, I would say the biggest thing for me as a pastor that I miss is that I'm not around non-Christians as much as I wish I was. Obviously in my neighborhood, you know, with family who don't know Jesus, but a lot of my family are Christian and a lot of my family are pastors. And so because of that, same with you, because of that, we're not around as much, of course we can be, but in in your workplace, in your neighborhoods, in, in the places you are, be the hands and feet of Jesus. How? To bring your neighbors, to bring the people to church, to do a Bible study with them in your home. Like those are ways that I think are sometimes even more needed is certainly we want all of those things in our church. We need all of those things in our church. But let's not let the leadership in the church replace the evangelism. And again, that we're talking about two weeks from now in our series, Too Far From The Farm, about the harvest. The harvest. But I just think that let let's let the leadership in the church be to to help evangelize to more people and to help serve right. the needs of our community better rather than just to help the inward side of myself and the church itself. So um, I, I, I think that, again, it's, it's a great question. It's on track. And again, I know that wasn't how he was thinking, but I think it is a, a, a reminder to all of us who are. Um, I, think, I think the point that you're also making uh, without saying it is – um, the church is not holding anybody back from every opportunity, whether in the community or even in the church. Now, there's a God timing thing within the church uh, of appointed leadership, but every day, every person has the opportunity to be a leader as a Christ follower in the area of bold witness and prayer over people and inviting people to church and sharing your testimony that carries the presence of God. We have, everybody has this great opportunity to be a leader everywhere they go and to see God do amazing things, not just because now you lead Alpha or now you lead Sisterhood or now you're leading in Go Kids or River Valley Kids, but everywhere you go, God's using you in a powerful and miraculous way. Totally. So good. I want to get to prayer and loved this weekend that we were able to have all of the teachers and those who work in schools and uh, drive school buses and all, all those who are a part of the school system stand up and reach out a hand and, and pray for them this weekend in church. So I love that. So be continuing for those listening, be continuing to pray for our teachers, for all those who work with our children in developing them because they are a key part in the future of this nation, a key yep. part of the future of the church. And so be praying for all of those. If you know somebody that works in the school system, 
send them a text today and say, yep. hey, praying for you. So excited for you to begin this school year. And obviously for all the kids who are getting started here in the next few weeks, a few prayer requests from our app today. Maisie said she's praying for our friend Jean. Uh, she met with a surgeon today uh, for the next stage of recovery with physical therapy to be peace and removal of all of the pain and uh, that you'd work with all of the healthcare provider in the country of Turkey. So that her friend is in Turkey, whether it be just getting health there or living there. Um, Charity is praying. I love this one. Praying for beautiful weather, great fellowship, deeper connection, lots of laughter, special memories being made, and delicious food on Sunday during our faith family cookout. Let our souls be refreshed and life enriched. So she's living it out. She's bringing families together, doing it. I love that. Yasmin praying for a little sister who's been going through a really tough time. She needs strength for her mental, physical, spiritual healing, praying that she finds self-worth. Mary Ann says she has a, an addiction and praying that I've had it since I was a child, praying that God will heal me from it. And there's so many other needs across all of our campuses that represent the healings that need, that are needed, the freedom that is found, but I think it's a reminder for all of us to just seek in, God, what what are the things that I can pray for today? Who are the people at my campus? Who are the people in my small group? Who are the people in my community that I can lift up and pray? And Kirk, I know you will right now. And of course, as always, ending with a song in worship to Jesus. Yeah, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you're the healer. And a lot of these requests are about healing. And I just pray that you would touch bodies right now, that you would dissolve whatever is wrong and you would infuse your healing power and your healing touch, wholeness in the name of Jesus. I pray right now for Dean Johnson, who's battling cancer, a pillar in our church for years, yes. years and years and years. Lord, I pray that cancer would be gone in the name of Jesus. Touch him right now in a supernatural way. Surround that family. And there, that this, is, this prayer is a representation too to the other people that are in our church that are battling cancer. You are the God who can heal uh, the worst disease out there. Uh, you're the God that can heal the impossible. Lord, I just pray right now that you would heal cancer, touch Dean Johnson, surround the Johnson family and every family right now that's battling cancer, uh, such an ugly, ugly disease, ugly ailment. God, you can destroy it in the name of Jesus, let it happen. And right now also, I don't, don't just pray over every need, but we, we focus right now our prayers towards uh, the people that are in our church working in the school system. God, we're asking that you would let them be a light in the dark, that they would bring your presence everywhere they go. They would bring the Holy Spirit with them. And I'm going to pray by name some of the people that um, just texted school staff to our, our number 94,000. I'm praying right now for Jeff Klein, Jillian Jenkins, Tara Campbell, Megan Sheik, Christine Allman, Kevin Kleiner, Jenna Gomer-Way, Zach Holm, Remy Dankers, Pamela Berry, Jenny King, Megan Pilehop, Emma Charles, Champ Nelson, Janelle Walsh, Carrie Ellis, Krista Weiss, Haley Velez, Addie Weber, J Jesse McCann, Kirsten Walker, Priscilla Connor, Jocelyn Coleman, Jesse Baker, Jill Anderson, David Sanchez, Elizabeth Rebney, Jarrell Baker, Lori Braulmeyer, Cheryl Casella, 
man, I'm trying to read all these names. Mariah Watson, Emily Westerback, Leah Grissom, Mariah Grissom. There's a family there. Kia, James Whalen, Natalie Ball, Therese Akins, Don Ramaker, Dan Lehman, Nate Murphy, Hope Carlson, Terry Kipka. I love the Kipkas. Jennifer Simon, Lisa Highland, Todd Highland, Kelly Hood, Callie Stenner and Leah back. There's more people, but Lord, I just pray over that list that I have in front of me right now, Lord, that you would touch each and every one of them, fill them with the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that even though they may not be able to proclaim the gospel message of Jesus Christ as the truth um, in the school setting, Lord, they can speak life. They can bring lift. They can give prophetic words. They can have moments of prayer, even if it's not a public prayer, but prayer under their breath over every single one of their children, that they are responsible for to look after. I pray that they would make a difference in the teacher's lounge, in the school board meetings, in, in the parent-teacher conferences, uh, and in every moment throughout the day. Give them the energy for what this next school year brings, that this school year they, they would be bold with their faith like never before. Give them the capacity and the empowerment by the Spirit to live no lies. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. With the voice of a father, you call me your own. With the hands of a shepherd, you lead me. Like the word of a friend, bringing life to my soul. With the grace of a savior, you keep me. It's so sweet to trust you. Just to know your plans for me are good Such a sweet surrender Priceless treasure To trust you more and more You're all I'm living for With the heart of a servant You took with the love of a healer, you free me. With the power of a king, Lord, you conquered the grave. With the hands of a champion, redeem me. It's so sweet to trust you, just to Steps, and it's all for your glory.
It's all for my good You order my steps, yeah You order my steps And it's all for your glory It's all for my good, yeah, 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 yeah It's so sweet to trust you Just to know your plans for me are good, yeah Such a sweet surrender A priceless treasure To trust you more and more You're all I'm living for To trust you more and more Thanks for listening to the River Valley Podcast. It would help us out a ton if you could rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and also share it with somebody. We hope that this isn't just for people in our church. We hope that this is people far beyond that, but we know that people in our church maybe don't even know about it yet. We're talking about it on weekends. We're sharing in announcements, but maybe you're a listener, but someone in your small group isn't or someone at your campus. So would you send it to them, share it with them so that they can receive this and then rate it wherever you listen so that more people can find this podcast. If you have questions about faith, about church, about belief, about theology, about the Bible, please submit your questions. You can find us on Instagram at River Valley MN. You can also uh, email us, finding us on our website, rivervalley.org. Please, we want to hear your questions so that we can continue to answer those or at least respond to them here on the podcast. And again, thank you for listening. We'll see you in church this weekend.